In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You're very welcome to the Brendan Option, coming to you courtesy of Immaculata Productions. My name is Father Brendan Kilcoyne. Uh, if you know our work, or you like it, or if you like this video, uh, you might perhaps... Uh, we really could do with this. Would you hit the subscribe button? I mean, it's, it's not going to break your thumb. Just hit the subscribe button, but it means a lot to us. And then, you know, Patreon, PayPal, if you can spare a few quid, which we need. And then, um, I, mean, I mean, you know, the comments as well. You know, if you constructive criticism is just invaluable, you know, and most of what we get is actually we're we seem to be dealing with a very, very sound and friendly crowd who are, who are, who are really interested in the issues we're raising. I'm going to continue with a matter that I just can't seem to leave alone, but it is so choice. It is so luscious. Eh? A fresh face, as Ben Shapiro would say. A fresh ecclesiological face on the church scene. The synod. So fresh. So face. Another issue I feel should come up at the Senate. In fact, I feel it's a primary issue. I remember a story told once. I can't remember names. It was an Orthodox bishop in Russia who was asked what the most urgent um, issue was facing the church in the modern world. And he replied without hesitation that it was the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Which is quite right. Which is perfectly right. Okay. Mm. What's the most urgent issue facing this synod? Well, we've highlighted a few of them, but I don't think they're the most urgent. Do you remember we talked about parish? We talked about the importance of the religious. You know, we, we talked about some stuff. The, the most urgent issue facing the synod is the means by which Catholics in Ireland today can become saints. That is the most urgent issue facing the synod. It is the personal sanctification of the believers who are here at the moment. And a part of that sanctification inevitably involves a mission to the outside, a mission to non-believers. Inevitably. But that's not all of it. I'm not suggesting to people that they, the, the, the synod should be encouraging people to just go back into their interior Catholic bubble and, and climb up onto their personal Mount Olympus and squat there like some uh, latter-day Greek god. I'm not suggesting anything like that. But I am suggesting that the mission to the outside, the apostolate to the outside, can easily become a distraction from the painful work of metanoia, that Greek word which means basically self-conversion self-change, a change of heart, a change of heart. That's a painful business. I don't blame anyone for dodging it. I always say there's dignity, there is dignity in hypocrisy if it's conscious. You may still go to hell, but you'll do it with some style. Conscious hypocrisy has some dignity. Unconscious hypocrisy is almost kind of like somebody having partially died. They start to smell. Okay, it's not good. It's spiritually deadly. It's like gangrene to the soul. 
I'm just saying that unless the Senate addresses head on the question of personal sanctification, which is not an issue that can be exhausted by the works of spiritual or corporal mercy to those around us. No matter how much good you do to people around you, you could join the Legion of Mary to spread the faith, you can join the Vincent de Paul to give material assistance, there are loads of other organisations you could join, or you could simply bash away on your own. None of it will be enough. Good works are not enough to save you. You must have faith. Faith is not enough without good works, but you must have faith. This business, I mean, this is absolutely crucial. In the face of the modern world, these questions to the individual soul. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour? If not, where do you go from here? Where are you and where do you go from here? If you do, where are you and where do you go from here? Because if you believe, you set in motion an imperative that is remorseless. It's like a rolling stone. Downhill. You said you believed in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Saviour. That implies a process of pers- to be open to the Spirit and a process of personal ascesis, and, uh, which means training, which means penance, which means prayer, and of changing. And it also implies, naturally, works of charity to those around you, and also works of spiritual charity, material charity, spiritual charity, corporal and spiritual. If the sinner doesn't address this, we're banjaxed. The central question facing the Irish church isn't the scandals or all the other things that you may list to me, serious though they are. The central question is the question of personal faith and praxis, as they say. Practice, the putting into practice of belief. Personal faith and personal holiness of the believers. That has to be addressed first. Now, you're quite right if you wish to sound a warning to me. And you could say, for instance, as uh, recovering alcoholics and drug addicts are very quick to point out to us, one of the great dangers is that once you're on the, on the path to recovery, is that you become obsessed with your own recovery and become selfish. And everything is my recovery. You know, and nothing can get in the way of my recovery. You were almost as selfish about your virtue as you were about your vice. In which case virtue can become a vice. Or it generates a vice. Or it's, I don't know, the locus of vice. So it's hugely important to remember. Your personal conversion and a part of that then is your mission to others. They're not separable. You can distinguish them for academic reasons, but they're not actually separable. It's faith and good works. The traditionalists have a point when they talk about how woolly and wordy that some modern doctrinal documents are. and The, the modern taste is for a great deal of talk. You know, the old penny catechism was bam, bam, bam. The modern taste is for, is, is for, is for a great deal of, of, um, of, of talk. 
And and I would worry that we're not going to boil this down. You know, I think of it like, you know, after the council, you know, the, the Friday fast was relaxed and the suggestion was, well, that you might make, you might do something else or do a work at charity. It didn't really work. That's certainly the impression I have and the impression many I know have. It didn't. And in some parts of the world, I'm told that bishops are going back to it. They're going back to the Friday fast for meat. I think it's better to be, maybe it's better to be just concrete and specific instead of going on about metanoia and personal sanctification and all this kind of stuff. I think the Synod has to ask the Church in Ireland. The Synod has to ask itself. The Synod has to ask the likes of me. Do you pray? Do you do penance for your sins? Right? I think that's fair. And I think if it's not addressed, we're banjaxed. Now, integral to that is, I, I would suggest, is that we should look at a major attempt within the church to resurrect the rosary. I, I, I feel that that should... There are very, this very commendable work being done on that, and there is slowly but surely a greater warp towards the rosary. I think Medjugorje may have played a role in this. I don't know. You can look into it for yourself. I know the bishops uh, will say back to me, and they're probably right. Oh no, no, we always we always push the rosary and push this. I I I think we have to go further. I think we need a campaign. You know, internally in the church to pray the rosary. Uh, that all believers will pray the rosary once a day, uh, offering you, you know at least some of it for the Holy Father, which was traditional, always. I maybe offer the whole rosary for the Holy Father. I think that would be one work of of personal sanctification that, that could be pushed that is failing. I need hardly point out the failure to attend Mass. And it's going to be interesting now as to whether how well some people will understand that once the dispensation is lifted, they have to go back to Mass on pain of sin once a week. Catholics are obliged to hear Mass on the Sabbath, to attend Mass to assist at Mass, to partake in the celebration of Mass once a week on the Sabbath, from six o'clock on Saturday evening. There's, you have to do it once this present arrangement comes to an end. And so there's a question, are people going to Mass? Are people praying? Are people saying the rosary? I, I think a big question has to be asked about our priests. Are they holy? And if they're not holy, I mean, holy, we should be holy. And any priest who laughs at that needs a good shoe in the backside. That would help him to concentrate on his prayers. That'd be a wonderful help. Very zen. Very zen. Okay. That'd get him him a serious bit of oneness. Okay. Good shoe in the transom. We are supposed to be holy. If not... Why not? So this is what I suggest to the Senate. Holiness, sanctification, prayer, penance. Ah, I love the smell of napalm in the morning. No, no, that was a joke. That's Apocalypse Now. It's one of my favourite quotations. Robert Duval playing Lieutenant, Kil- Lieutenant Kilgore. Yeah. Now we should get the taste for this. This is the battle. It's the spiritual battle. 
And if we're not in this, then the Synod is not what it should be, which is a council of war in a spiritual battle. Okay? Holiness, prayer, penance, the love of God. God bless you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.